This is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment, News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. And I'm talking with my good friend Craig McFarland. How you doing, dude? I'm doing wonderful. How about you, Kevin? Awesome. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, Can you... I tell you, you have such a good radio voice. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it that, so, man. It is so great to hear you do the news and everything on the radio, and I'm like, hey, that's Kevin. Thanks. I've known you for so many years, and it's just fun to uh, get to listen to you on a nearly daily basis. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I was. Uh, well, I'll start. I'll start off here talking about um, us meeting each other because um, I'm glad I get to talk about this. I'm going to be talking about the show twice this week. But um, uh, crazy for you out at the Muni was the first. Was that's where I met you, and that's the first show we did together. Yeah, it was just so much fun, right? I mean, yes. Muni is such a great place, and yeah. we have such a thriving arts community. And it's very cool that you're you're doing this podcast and highlighting different people and different artists from around town. It's just a really neat uh, area to live in. And you don't think of arts when you think necessarily of Central Illinois. You think of a lot of Lincoln. But mm -hmm. I tell you what, I would put our arts community up against uh, any city in the country. It's, Absolutely. It's great. And we had so many good people. Um, you had the opportunity to be the lead in Little Shop of Horrors at the Muni. Yes. And uh, I, told your, I told your sister and I told your mom, I was like, I know that you're all thinking you're Kevin's biggest fan, but that's actually me. <laughs> so I... Uh, I really uh, appreciated getting to see you on stage, oh, and thank you. it's just a really cool place. Um, Uni, of course, holds a special place in my heart as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So how did you? When did you get uh, started doing Muni? Um, a little bit before it was me, I presume. Twenty ten. It was ten years ago. Oh, um, our good friend Kevin Kolovic, uh told us about Muni and audition, and so my wife and I uh, decided to go out there and put our put our names out there and, and try for auditions. And luckily, Mac Warren uh, and the rest of the staff of Susical gave us a oh, shot yeah. to be able to be in that show. And, and honestly, it was a huge reason for why we stayed in Central Illinois and, and why we're here. Because you meet so many great people through that organization and through other theater organizations in town. And that's actually where I met my po podcasting partner as well, uh, where I met uh, Jeremy Gettner. Yes. And just so many, so many great people. I also uh, met him. And so that's the oh, big sorry, reason why we're here. Yeah. Okay. Sorry for cutting you off there a little bit. I was going to say, yeah, I, that's, uh, I also met Jeremy Geckner, uh Crazy for you. That was, uh, I was also right at him as well. It was a fun show. Yes. And we were talking, we're talking about podcasting here as well. Um, your podcast, the Front Row uh, Network. Now, as of, now this will play this will play a little later than we're recording it. Um, but as of recording it right now, you guys have hit a bit of a milestone. Is that correct? Yeah, I was looking back in my Facebook memories and uh, just noticed today that five years ago, I, I posted something like, just got done recording our first podcast, hope to release it soon. And um, it, so it's pretty incredible to think that we've been doing this for five years. And uh, the people that I've gotten to meet through that process the shows we've been able to create. It's just a really cool experience. And our podcast is all about movies. We always thought that, and, and really Jeremy started the Front Row uh, movie reviews long before we started the podcast. Uh, his idea was that movie criticism always seems so harsh and, and somewhat pretentious. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted to take it from the actual film fan point of view. We always said that we are the podcast for people who actually like movies. <laughs> and uh, so it kind of grew from there. We started talking about some films. We did some movie news. 
And then now we've kind of exploded into a lot of different directions. We're now the Front Row Network, and we have uh, different shows on each different kind of genre of movie you would uh, you'd want to have. So we have the flashbacks for 80s, 90s films. We have classics for those cinematic classics that we all know and love. And then I have a show that's specifically all about Disney, yeah. and even branching out more so than uh, just the Disney films, but we also cover the Disney parks and a lot of tips and tricks there as well. So that's Beyond the Mouse. And just uh, several other shows, we, we kind of continue to build our library and expand our hosts. Uh, it really started with Jeremy and I, and now we have about 15 regular hosts and about 10 different shows that we put out on a, a fairly consistent basis. So it's, it's kind of cool to see what this has all become. Yeah, that is awesome. That, because I remember, I remember you guys started doing the podcast, and I, you were one of, if not the first people I saw on um, social media or anywhere else that I knew, you know, really well, saying, oh, you know, they're starting up a podcast. And um, it's, you know, it's one of these things where nowadays, you know, there's a lot of podcasts. I mean, I'm, they let me do a podcast. But, I mean, you guys really, um, <laughs> no, you guys, I, I, you guys really started, that tr- I think you guys really started that trend of doing these doing podcasts because you guys and like you said you have all these different podcasts you know, touched a little bit on uh, Beyond the Mouse and I know we're far past March here but talk a little bit about the March Movie Madness because you guys are doing a lot of that a lot of stuff on Facebook with that too we are we are so uh, Lou Hare actually uh, knew him because he is Anna my wife's cousin who lives in the Quad Cities and so about three or four years ago now at this point he approached us and said hey I would love to do a movie bracket and that really grew and grew. So now we've done an annual March Movie Madness, and then we've also done uh, a lot of other um, shows with Lou. He actually does his own show now called Guilty Pleasures, which are the movies that you you love, even though the critics say that you really shouldn't love these movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's a great show, too. Uh, but that's a lot of fun. And so you can even – actually, we have a, a different kind of bracket going on now because we're all home. So mm-hmm. we're continuing oh, yeah. the trend even beyond March. And so we're doing uh, the best 90s song of the decade. <laughs> so uh, it'll be a really fun, uh, fun challenge. So jump on to our social media, the Front Row Network, to be able to see that on a daily basis. Yes, everybody should definitely go do that. I, um, on topic of guilty pleasure movies, there, I think I just want to jump a little second for the side here. What's a, what's a guilty pleasure movie that you like? Because I, I have like one or two I could name off the top of my head. But do you have one that you can you can think of? You know, I always get ragged on because in my mind, a guilty pleasure could also be something that you would be kind of embarrassed to tell people that you absolutely love. Oh, yeah. Um, and that doesn't necessarily speak to the quality of the film. So no, I yeah. got ragged on a lot by Lou because I told him that I always consider my guilty pleasure movie to be Mean Girls, which is an amazing movie. Mean Girls is great. Um, but, it, but it's one of those where it's like, you know, uh, if I'm at a party and we're talking and I'm like, I love Mean Girls. To me, like they, it, it would be uh, that would be my guilty pleasure. Oh yeah. Uh, however, I would say that as far as like just kind of awful movies that I love, I mean, you've got to put up Rocky Four. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those that again, oh, yeah. a lot of people think is a great movie, but it it it, it has its flaws uh, for sure. So so there's several other uh, movies and different things that. Um, it, it's just a really fun feed. They have a great time talking about things. Of course, they covered in depth uh, Cats, the recent movie, oh, oh, because that's... that automatically became a guilty pleasure. <laughs> uh, so it was, you know, just just a lot of fun. Yeah, 
And you know, Kevin, you mentioned um, that we were one of the first groups that you know of to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I would say I wanted to give a, a shout out to some other local podcasters as well. Because, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the person that really helped us develop what we're doing is Jeremy Bailey at Lincoln's Legends Podcast. And, mm-hmm. and he just came back. So he had done about 60 episodes and took a, a couple years hiatus. Mm-hmm. And now he's bringing out new episodes and he's doing such a great job. And, and he actually was a, a huge inspiration and a help for us getting launched uh, on our podcast. But we also have shows like The Geek Awakens and they go out and they cover comic cons and they cover they do a lot of uh, comic book reviews and things like that and then we even have like some really truly uh, professional grade podcasters in the area um, one of them being Courtney Enlow mm-hmm. who actually writes for the Sci-Fi Channel yeah. and she does a great podcast called Strong Female Characters for the Sci-Fi Network and so it's cool to see like how many Uh, different people we have right here in this area and what I would say is if you're listening to this and considering starting a podcast you absolutely should do it because uh, as you said you know they you kind of joked you said they're even giving me a podcast but really podcasting is such a great way to express your feelings it's a great way to talk about whatever topic you want to talk about and there will be listeners you know at first it might be you and your mom you know Mm -hmm. Uh, but then after that it'll grow and grow and, and it's something that you really put your your heart into and uh, it's just really a, a fun thing to do especially right now um go out there you don't need a microphone or anything use your iphone use, use your, your phone, phone. And record that, that, um and that, yeah yeah the, the, you know, I was, I was, and just just do it yeah i was yeah and i was gonna say even like the mic the microphone on your phone is honestly they've come a lot a lot of the phones come a long way you can you can do a pretty decent um interview or even just like a talking you know, stream of consciousness, whatever, just, you know, just do it, just do it, just do a podcast. Yeah. And, you know, if the first one's bad, whatever, who cares? Just keep doing them. You know, you know, it's, you're, you're still figuring things out. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody should, if they want, they're like, Oh, I don't know if I should do it. Well, just, you know, do it. And if it's what you want to do, just keep doing them. The rest of my interview with Craig McFarland is right around the corner. So stick around on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. It's Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment. And now back to my interview with Craig McFarland. There's people jumping in every day. We we had our 500th episode. Uh, we celebrated nice. that actually at a live event last November. And um, one of the guests that we had on that was Reggie Guyton. He does oh, a, yeah. He's doing a podcast called On the Reg. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it is just so great. So uh, you definitely could start your own podcast, uh, especially here locally. And, um, you know, if you ever need any help with that, make sure to head over to the Front Row Network page and shoot us a message there because we can definitely give some some pointers and some pitfalls to maybe try to avoid. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I want to get back to that in a minute, but um, uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of jump a little bit again uh, back to theater and also how things in uh, your life or your your family's life and everything have changed or sort of in in this time this this pandemic how things have rearranged how things have gone uh during this yeah and you know thanks for asking that it it was uh definitely a a odd transition i i work uh as an advisor for uh for uis for local mm-hmm. university and um so helping students with that transition as well uh was a challenge also knowing that you're really on full-time as parents uh, mm-hmm. the whole time that you're you're here at your house and 
But the cool thing is, has been like seeing little glimpses of that theater community um, still supporting each other yes. and uh, being able to pay attention to different events that are going on and maybe have a little bit more time to do a bit more even self-reflection into some of those events and follow those things. Um, because as theater people, we're always so hectic, right? We're oh, always yeah. going from rehearsal to rehearsal. We're going from show to show. And so it has been a, a bit of a, a, a time where you're able to really think about things a little bit further into the future. Um, and of course, it's, it's a tough time for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so you have to kind of take the, the good where you can find it sort mm -hmm. of thing. But I would say that we're doing pretty well at this point uh and thank you for asking it's, yeah. it it sort of we fell into a routine a little bit mm -hmm. and it made it uh, a bunch easier yeah that's um and i've um i've joked with a couple people i've talked with but i'm sure you have too but it's true we have as theater people we have all this free time now and i have no idea what to do with myself some nights i'm like I was like, so I've cleaned my room yeah. again. Um, what do I do? Like, you know, yeah, but um, listen, listen to a podcast. Yes, listen That's to a podcast. To or Absolutely. start a podcast. Or you know, I, you, start you your got own. the podcast through the station, which is so great. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely there's there's definitely things out there you can find to do, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and sort of piggybacking on top of that, um, with theater or any other endeavor you're looking at, whether it's your podcast or anything what is next for you Craig McFarland yeah so we um, we're continuing to roll right along with the um, with the podcast and again we still actually right now it's it's interesting because uh, people are at home so we are doing more uh, Facebook live opportunities we're doing things where you we actually can get a lot of things recorded right now and they're kind of they're gonna be in the can for a while and mm -hmm. then that way we can release them uh, when we need to because we all have hectic lives generally and so it's a lot easier to get some of those people together and, and have some of those opportunities we just interviewed uh, Kevin Lima who was the director of a goofy movie yeah and enchanted uh, it was such a fun interview and I don't know if something like that could have happened if uh, we were in a normal time just with scheduling and everything else uh, so that was a really cool thing so we're pursuing those types of opportunities for sure and then um, beyond that, as far as theater is concerned, no immediate plans in the in the near future. Mm -hmm. um, but just excited to start to go back and see friends in productions and get that excitement again whenever it's safe to resume all that. I, I can't wait. I'm excited to be able to um, be with friends and go see a performance and be able to, to see what's coming up uh, next from, from there. Yes, me too. Absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Craig, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Had a lot of fun talking with you. Um, how can people reach you or listen to the Front Row Network? Absolutely. So you know, we've got a couple of different outlets. Of course, you can go to your podcast app of choice and you can search the Front Row Network. You can also search for my specific podcast, Beyond the Mouse, uh, and you'll find that on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, all those places. Um, and then you, of course, can also listen to us on NPR Illinois. We actually became a Community Voices podcast for NPR Illinois about a year ago now. So uh, that's been a really fun opportunity, and we thank them for their support there as well. Um, and then you can find us and follow us on social media. You can find us at Beyond the Mouse Podcast 
or you can find the Front Row Network on Facebook. And then, of course, Twitter as well. You can follow us at Front Row Reviews with a Z at the end. And um, we, we really like to, to interact with you uh, any way possible. I'm guessing in our catalog of about 500 and some odd episodes now, there is a movie that we've talked about that you uh, will want to talk about as well along with us or listen to. And you can yell at us, you know, you're listening in your car or wherever. You can tell us how wrong we are, and that's all okay, too. Um, so just follow along and uh, hope you can give us a listen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Craig. And we will do this. We'll definitely do this again sometime soon, hopefully. Absolutely. And you know, Kevin, you've never been on our show. No, and I haven't. we need to rectify that extremely soon. Uh, so we had Jim Leach on with, um, he did that thing you do yes and it was such a great and fun episode but we definitely need to have we need to have uh you on a future episode really shortly i would love that (laughs) awesome thank you so much and that was my interview with Craig McFarland on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY the Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment podcast premieres every Thursday at 7 p.m. on our Facebook page, and you can also find them at wmay.com slash arts and entertainment for the link. Coming up after the news, I'll be talking with my good friend Dominic Cellini about his book and about his various art pages. You'll definitely want to stick around to hear that so you can follow his art and you can take a look and you might have see some things you might want for yourself. Then afterwards, a little bit of movie reviews. Not a traditional movie review. I talked about a couple of the James Bond movies. Not the ones you've probably seen, though. Some of the weirder, more obscure James Bond movies, sometimes referred to as the rogue agents. And for good reason, they're odd movies, and they're interesting to see. However, they are, like I said, very odd and out there, so you won't want to miss that either. Then after that... A little bit of entertainment, some music, just to get you through to the end of the show there. So stick around. More of Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment is on the way. Coming up next on Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment. said, can you read for this character named Franz? We think you'd be great for it. I said, well, uh, sure. I thought I was just going to be chorus, but uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And the next thing I know, I uh, have a whole number. I'm actually working on a comic right now that has that sort of sensibility um, and UPA, you know, for uh, those who don't know, is a, uh, it's kind of the definitive animation aesthetic of like the 1950s. Too many free radicals caused by eating too much red meat and white bread. Too many dry martinis. Then I shall cut out the white bread. This cute little comic I did, uh, probably starting around last May, I had this character I had created, and. I started exploring some designs for her, just kind of putting them out there just to show, like, yes, I'm a character designer, here's some original stuff I had. And people just really responded to her. It's all on the way here on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. This is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. I'm Kevin Hart, podcast of arts and entertainment around the central Illinois area. Today I'm talking with my very good friend, Dominic Salini. How you doing, man? Hi, Kevin. Great to be here. Good, yeah. So, um, 
they've known each other a long time. Tell tell everyone uh what you do because we're arts and entertainment. You're definitely you're mm-hmm. putting the arts and arts and entertainment here. So what do you what is it that you do? Well, I uh, I am a illustrator for children's books, comics, and I do a little character design for games and animation on the side. Nice. You mentioned the children's book. I wanted to. Uh, this is one of the things I wanted to get into. Your book, uh, Twenty One Terrifying Monsters, is great. I have it. Uh, I have a copy of it. I Thank it got you. a big reception. Um, and it's it's super cool. Tell me about it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, one day. Uh I knew I had wanted to do a uh, children's book, you know, I just thought like, you know, it'd be something like really good to have on my resume, it'd be something nice to try, so I thought, why not? And it just kind of started one day when I was doodling for fun, just kind of absentmindedly, and I started drawing all these like Muppet style um, uh, creatures and monsters, and then I just kind of put it together about... uh, why I always uh, enjoy drawing those things, why I like reading books about them as a kid. Uh, I was trying to think of like books when I was like, you know, in early grade school, the kind of books that kids would fight over, like when we had quiet reading time or indoor recess, the ones that the kids really wanted to read. Oh, yeah. Um, there's great books like Squids Would Be Squids and whatnot. <laughs> One of my yeah. uh, favorites, though, that uh, really inspired the book a lot was uh, Shel Silverstein stuff. So oh, yes. Things like uh, Where the Sidewalk, Sidewalk Ends. ends. I like love that. Yeah. I love those. Yeah. And you talked about that, that being the inspiration for your book. You have a very distinctive style, your artistic style. Do you have any um, inspirations for that? Or do you ha- um, or what? what is one of the, uh, like a broader, a big inspiring sort of thing for you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, my style is very much influenced by uh, animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've always, you know, as you and I know, you know, we're both big movie people. Yeah. Uh, I always loved animation, so learning a lot, I would study uh, animation of Disney, uh, even Cartoon Network shows. Actually, lately, I've been in a very um, UPA style inspired uh, place. I'm actually working on a comic right now that has that sort of sensibility. Um, and UPA, you know, for uh, those who don't know, it was a uh, it's kind of the definitive animation aesthetic of like the 1950s and it sort of influenced uh, all animation, even Disney eventually. Uh, my favorite uh, Disney movies animation-wise are stuff from that era like 101 Dalmatians, uh, Jungle Book, stuff like that. So that really influenced uh, my drawing style uh, a lot. You know, style is one of those things that's um, not always a conscious choice. It's kind of just all your influences coming together over time. Yeah, absolutely. And the um, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, as I know um, for you, it's probably different from other people's experiences with what what's going on right now with the um with covid-19 um i know, i understand you I, I you do a lot of your work from home so uh can you tell me about sort of the preparation or what goes into your um your daily routine of doing of doing art or um or has this and i guess also has this um pandemic affected your daily routine of doing uh doing what you do uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, in some ways, I had been joking about like with my, with my family and stuff how like 
how much like my uh, daily routine and a work style has not been disrupted by all this. Now, obviously, uh, you know, during like this time, it, you know, you have to, you know, do more household maintenance and things like that. Oh, yeah. You know, there's some um, slack to be like picked up and whatnot. But I'm very lucky in the sense that like I'm able to do what I do from home and still be able to reach uh, a pretty good sized audience uh, anytime. Things like conventions, though, and whatnot, yeah. uh, you know, other conferences like, you know, you would otherwise like plan to go to to promote yourself and work. Uh, it's unfortunate about those uh, having to be, you know, canceled and postponed indefinitely and whatnot. But, uh, you know, on the bright side, you know, we can all at least uh, save some money from the lack of travel. <laughs> yeah. Um, and is there a promotion here? I want to... Um ask you about something because i i know a little bit about it but not a whole lot and a lot of the people listening might not know about it you have a patreon and can you t- tell a little bit about um what your patreon and patreon in general what uh you can just just explain that to everybody because it, it's something i think everybody would love to uh, be a part of oh yeah patreon is a great platform that allows people to support their artists more directly uh, you can subscribe to people's Patreons depending on what their tiers are. Uh, the different tiers of a Patreon, that's tiers, not tiers. Right. Um, they, how, how would I put this? Like, they have different tiers that give you different access to content the creator provides. So, like, mine, for example, I have my webcomic. Mm-hmm. On my Patreon, those who pay the subscription, the $1 tier, are able to get comic pages and strips before anybody else sees them. So before they're on my Instagram or Webtoon or other websites, uh, people get to see them first on Patreon uh, if they're subscribers. Those who pay a little more a month, those who pay, say, uh, $3, they get extra perks such as uh, they get to see exclusive artwork, they... Um, they even get to uh, be eligible for, say, a free print I can send them if they want one. Nice. So, yes, That's... with different Patreon tiers, you get different rewards as yes. a patron. Yes, and I, I know you guys listening have, you know, some, you're spending, you know, 10 you know, $15 on some sort of subscription, something every month. Listen, you, you should give some money to a local artist here and get get quality content and i've you know i've i've been look now i've been looking at your your webcomic and it's great and you, you want to talk a little bit about your webcomic too because i know that's uh, that's you've been working on that for a little bit here yes yes it's relatively new uh i started working on it probably last summer uh yeah it, you know i i only launched the patreon and webtoon for it about a month ago uh, you know, the the web, uh, the, the Patreon for the webcomic, of course, you know, you have access to the full comic for only a dollar a month, mm-hmm. you know, very affordable. But if you want to wait, you can get it for free on Webtoon. You can just subscribe there. Webtoon is a um, webcomic hosting website. But I also had started posting them on uh, Instagram. That's where my comic started. The comic is called Emmy the Robot. It's a uh, this cute little comic I did uh, probably starting around last May. I had this character I created and 
I started exploring some designs for her, just kind of putting them out there just to show, like, yes, I'm a character designer. Here's some original stuff I had. And people just really responded to her. Uh, the story is about a robot, uh, about like a robotic nanny uh, slash maid who is designed as the sort of high-end product. They're kind of like the best of the best robots. Uh, I was sort of in a place at the time when I thought of her uh, where I had been dealing with some um, uh, personal setbacks, um, not terribly dramatic, but things that made it kind of frustrating in my art career. I wanted to make a uh, character in comic that kind of reflected uh, how I felt uh, in that time, uh, sort of being out of control with my circumstances, sort of feeling like uh, I was made for a specific purpose and uh, needed to do it. <laughs> yeah, well it's, um, well, it's great. Everybody should go check it out. We will, I, I know this is a podcast audio only, but we will be, um, definitely will be linking to your uh facebook and probably your instagram page as well so you guys can take a look at this and other stuff such as uh such as your portraits i talked about your uh, signature style a little bit you do these great mm-hmm. portraits um of of people all sorts of you even did a i know you did a poster one time for um well for a couple of shows when you were in um mm-hmm. you were in rock of ages which also my mom was in um and you were, yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, you were great in that, and you did, uh, and you did this wonderful poster for that, um, and and t- and talk a little bit about Rock of Ages. We did. That's actually how uh, we met. Not Rock of Ages, but theater. Um, we were both in. Uh, um, Godspell. We were in Godspell at, uh, SHG. at SHG ten years Just ago. Just a little over ten years ago. Yeah, yeah ten yeah, years ago, like say. last month. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I know. And, I know. Um, it's in March. I remember texting you and being like, Kevin, you know, it's been 10 years since Godspell. Can you yes. believe it? Oh, my God. Yeah, we we need to do another show again. And you need to get back into doing theater because you were great in Rock of Ages. That was You were hilarious. And, yeah, so uh, hopefully you, you plan on... It was I mean, a lot of fun. I was yes. real lucky to be a part of it. I, yeah. uh, it's funny, too. I, I didn't even... Um, know much about that part when yeah. I first came on you know they just said can you read for this character named Franz you think you'd be great for it I said well uh sure I thought I was just going to be chorus but uh yeah I'll give it a shot and the next thing I know I uh have a whole number <laughs> God, yeah yeah and it's, yeah when of uh, and you know with this this whole situation you know they're probably you know a lot there's you know it's going to be a long time I mean not just for theater but a lot of different things but yeah absolutely Need to do some yeah, more. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I, I'm very lucky that you know I'm able to do what I do at home. You know, oh, my yeah. thoughts go out to a lot of the people involved in yeah. the theater. You know. Yeah. Well. Um. So. Uh. Before you. Before I let you go here, we gotta. Um. Uh. What? Do you have any projects you, that are coming? I mean, you're working on your webcomic, but any projects you're working on coming up, like some sort of new things that you're gonna. You're sort of working on. I mean, I guess you're probably always working on, you know, projects, but. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, actually, yeah. that I'm working on a Patreon-exclusive comic um, right now. So the, the comic I'm working on right now for Emmy the Robot is a once-monthly comic. I upload one a month that only patrons uh, get to see. Mm-hmm. And that is included in the $1 tier. So, All right. Uh, stay tuned for more of those. Um, I am working on some freelance projects right now that I unfortunately cannot talk about yet. But... Hopefully they will be coming out soon. I'm very excited to be a part of them. All right, very good, my friend. We are going to be talking again soon. I'm sure there's so much, uh, 
you know, movies, all sorts of other things that we we can absolutely get into and just talk for on, on and on about it. So we will definitely be talking again soon. Thank you so much for being part of this, man. I really enjoyed it. Oh, anytime, Kevin. You're happy to be here. Yeah. Hey, so, Dom, tell everyone how they can reach you, what different socials and uh, what or websites or anything people can reach you at. Yes, there is my portfolio website. You just type in Dominic Cellini Portfolio, spelled like my name. My Instagram is my main social media for my art. I also use Twitter. The handle for my Instagram is Domcell. That's D-O-M-M-C-E-L-L. And if you just want the comic, uh, you can find it on Webtoon or Patreon. That's Emmy the Robot. E-M-M-Y, the Robot. All right, and you guys, we will, we will link to all these um, so that you can look at them for yourself. Uh, and because, uh, do you want the book, too? Yes, please, yes, give us information about the book, because you guys need to yes. see this book, too. <laughs> I was just going to say, I almost forgot yeah. myself. Uh, 21 Terrifying Monsters is available on Amazon for uh, Kindle and paperback. Thank you so much. It is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment, News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Listen in for another podcast next week. And that was my interview with my good friend Dominic Cellini. As I said before, these podcasts premiere on Thursdays at 7 p.m. They will show up on our Facebook page. And just a reminder, coming up again on the program, some fun movie reviews, a couple of the weirder, more obscure James Bond titles called The Rogue Agents. One of them is an old TV movie. Another one was kind of a parody movie, and the other one attempts to pass itself off as sort of a serious movie. I say that in quotes because I can't see the air quotes, but I say them in quotes because, well, it's a James Bond movie, so how serious can it be? And then a little bit of music to play out of the show. All of that is coming up on Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment on Newstalk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Live from Television City in Hollywood, Climax presents Casino Royale bestseller by Ian Fleming. Not only was this a TV special, it was performed live, like a play, which was not uncommon at the time, with special effects and all. It was considered a lost film and relatively obscure until an incomplete kinescope was found, missing the last two minutes of the movie in 1981. Those final minutes were eventually found, and the movie would go on to be rebroadcast on TV and re-released on VHS and DVD subsequently. But the question is, is it good? You were so lucky to miss. Did you try to rob yourself? Try to kill me. Well, eh, no. <laughs> it has some fun moments, but by today's standards, and especially compared to the recent 2006 adaptation, it's very boring. Even though it's only an hour, it feels like three. One of the most egregious changes is making James Bond an American for U.S. audiences. Oh, uh, it's Mr. Clarence Leiter, Miss Lavis. I was just teaching Mr. Leiter how to play baccarat. That sort of thing was commonplace at the time, and still happens nowadays. Six official 007s of all different sorts of nationalities, but they all play a British man well, even Lazenby. A young Barry Nelson, Stuart Ullman from The Shining, if you remember, dons the suit and bow tie and stumbles through several games of Baccarat, the French card game played throughout the series, but strangely enough, not in the 2006 adaptation. Like I said, this movie is pretty short, since the book is barely over 200 pages, but if you don't know the game of Baccarat, you're in for a boring ride on this one. One thing that makes this movie stand out is the main villain, Le Chiffre, played by Peter Lorre. 
He's as creepy and slimy as ever, and really elevates the scenes he's in. I said stand still. It seems we have a few points of mutual interest to discuss, huh? Such as that check for 87 million francs. Casino Royale's not as epic and memorable as Casablanca, but don't worry. It's substantially better than Laurie's second-to-last piece of cinema, Muscle Beach Party. One of their biggest changes is this movie's ending. Spoiler for a movie and book well over 60 years old. In the original book's ending, an agent of Smirsh kills the Sheaf for losing their investment. Vesper gives up the money to Smirsh in exchange for Bond's life and has been working as a double agent, faking her kidnapping to lure Bond into a trap. She then kills herself and Bond coldly tells M the bitch is dead. But in the TV special, Bond and Valerie trick Lashif as he is torturing Bond, and it's Bond who shoots Lashif, not an agent of Smirsh. Then I can only assume Bond and Valerie walk off into the sunset singing Rosie from Bye Bye Birdie. I can't really recommend this for a casual viewer. This will only interest you from a film history standpoint or a curiosity of how James Bond fares in his screen debut. An ambitious but eh, slow start to the 007 series on screen. Casino Royale is too much for one James Bond. Join the Casino Royale fun movement. Casino Royale from 1967. <laughs> Casino Royale from 1954 is as accurate as to what we know of Agent 007 and as primitive of a spy thriller as you can produce gets a pass for its status of being the first ever screen adaptation only two years after the novel was written. But the second Casino Royale... <sighs> it is the real deal. It is straight garbage, and I won't even pretend to act like this one's worth your time. This movie is awful. Casino Royale is indestructibly wild. Indescribably funny. Oh, you like that sort of thing, eh? Awful, awful, awful. Let's, let's go over some basics. There are several dozen 007s in this movie, in an attempt by MI6 to confuse Smirsh. There are seven main James Bonds throughout this movie. David Niven plays the real James Bond, who comes out of retirement to spoil Smirsh's plot. The bits with Lashif at the casino are surprisingly accurate to the book as far as this movie's standards go, but don't get used to it since it comes and goes as quick as you can process it. Peter Sellers plays Evelyn Tremble, or James Bond 007, the main young playboy Bond of the movie, and Woody Allen uh, pretty much plays himself as Bond's misfit nephew Jimmy, who is introduced about to be shot in front of a firing squad. My, my doctor says I can't have bullets enter my body at any time. But he is also secretly the head of Smirsh, named Dr. Noah. Ursula Andrus returning from Dr. No to play Vesper Lind. She is also James Bond. Dahlia Lavi is James Bond. Joanna Petet plays Mata Bond, but also James Bond, the love child of fictional James Bond, and real World War I spy Mata Hari. Moneypenny, played by Barbara Boucher, is also a 007, and Terrence Cooper as Coop is his name, but who is also, you guessed it, James Bond. Are you confused? Yes? Great! Me too. Let's continue. Aside from Dr. Noah or Jimmy Bond, the main villain is Lashif, played by Orson Welles. Goodbye, Mr. Bond. It's been nice knowing you. Who... Uh, hates this movie more than I do. He knew this movie was going to suck, and it looks like he filmed his scenes in an afternoon. Aside from literal magic tricks he plays at the card table, he phones in his performance hard and allegedly refused to work with Peter Sellers on set, so they filmed their bits together separately. In fact, Sellers was fired before he was done shooting his scenes. Instead of being written out, he's just forgotten after the last scene. 
You'll meet plenty of interesting characters like M, who dies at the beginning of the movie. Uh, a barking seal with a 007 tag, I guess intended to be another Bond, confused Smirsh, Kronstein's actor from From Russia with Love, does a cameo and then blows up almost immediately, and a tribe of Native Americans dancing in the casino as a big brawl is happening. The movie ends when Jimmy Bond eats a pill that will explode after he hiccups 100 times. After the last hiccup, the casino blows up, and everyone dies going to heaven except for Woody Allen going straight to hell. For probably more reasons than he was in this movie. (laughs) Sean Connery is James Bond, Agent 007. Never say never again. Never Say Never Again, from 1983. Still bitter about Ian Fleming using parts of his story in his book and upset that Ian adapted the movie, Kevin McClory wanted to produce his own version. After being in development hell for quite a while, the pseudo-remake of Thunderball hit theaters the same year as Eon's 007 movie, Octopussy, in 1983. Not only was this unofficial 007 movie competing with Eon, it had its original star, Sean Connery. If you're familiar with Thunderball, you'll understand this movie quite well. It's updated for the 80s, though, with its fashion, politics, and... If you thought Roger Moore is a little long the tooth at this point, Sean Connery, well, three years younger, is physically older to the point that it's part of the plot. This is, of course, largely forgotten when Bond goes to the Bahamas and sleeps with the villainous and a random girl at the resort within five minutes of each other. Soundtrack is fine. It's nothing to write home about. The titular opening song by Lanny Hall is extremely forgettable. Uh, like I said, the movie's kind of written around Sean Connery's age, but it gives him more of a reason to be at the clinic at the beginning. I will give them that, referencing Bond's ears of drinking dry martinis and smoking like a chimney. Well, your adrenaline gives you an edge. But is your edge sharp enough? My duty is to keep you up to par. Too many free radicals caused by eating too much red meat and white bread and too many dry martinis. Then I shall cut out the white bread, sir. In Thunderball, he's there, but he's still in his prime, nearly 20 years younger. That was just a snippet. You can hear the full unedited segment at WMAY.com slash arts and entertainment. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week at 11. Here's a little bit of James Bond music to play you out. I think you all know this one. He's a man, the man with the mightest touch A spider's touch Such a cold